As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. We had our live show from the AC Hotel Los Angeles South Bay um, we sure did. Shared this week, we think. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are, as we record this, still reviewing audio to see what's workable from the live show and what isn't. Yeah. Um, so we still don't know how much you're going to get that's actually from the event itself versus from us recording in the studios that are in our homes. Um, What a fun night, though. It was very fun. I wanted to make sure to thank, number one, uh, to thank Marriott for sponsoring the show, the Marriott AC Hotel, where we had this live event, was really nice. Um, the whole venue was great. Everyone we worked with was great. And then suddenly, in the middle of recording the episode, there was a flash and a pop, and it, the power was out for the whole neighborhood and it stayed that way. It stayed that way for a long time. I think when we left, after everything was over, uh-huh. our hotel was still running on a generator. Yeah. 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 It- Which I should say, even before any of that happened, AC Hotel South Bay was already being real flexible because originally we had, at the end of this event, we had a cocktail demonstration. Right. And originally it was supposed to happen on their rooftop bar. Right. But it rained that day, so the whole thing moved inside downstairs to their lobby bar, and they were so accommodating with that. Yeah. Um, and it was a beautiful setup. And I, uh, so, like, right out of the gate, they were already rolling with some wild times, and then it just got wilder for us. Yeah, yeah, because L.A. does not have a lot of rainfall, that rooftop bar isn't a bar that has an additional roof over it. <laughs> I know a lot of the rooftop bars that I've been to in, like, Massachusetts or North Carolina or whatever, like, it's sort of an open-air bar, but there's also a roof, and this was more of an open space. So having the event there in the rain was not... Not feasible. Uh, not really feasible. So, yeah, we had it uh, downstairs instead. Yeah, which was also Super very, fun. very fun. Yeah, we had a great time. 
that was so fun. I, I love making a drink. Um, and I love making a drink with a big room full of people. And it was really, really great. I will say I was kind of impressed and delighted with our listeners. I mean, I always am. But I have done an event like that at other things. Uh-huh that I was not hosting, but I was like part of. And um, it went off, they go off the rails really easily where it's like, once you say pour the first ingredient in, everybody's kind of doing their own thing and it's all, and our listeners would chat while they were doing the ingredient, but then they would all be ready to like, be like, okay, what's next? What's the next step? Yeah. (laughs) And so it was really lovely because then when we all finished together, we got to toast together and that made me very happy in my heart. Yeah, we had kind of prepared as we were doing our walkthrough for the possibility of going off the rails immediately. So when the power went out and it turned out that we were not going to have the amplification of our headset mics for people to hear us, I was like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. But it it went totally fine. Everybody, all the listeners, great, great. fun. I think folks had a great time. Um, all We had a couple other teams from iHeartRadio who were there with us as part of event. All of our colleagues also were great. So I wanted to shout out to all of them. There are so many, I don't feel like I even have everybody's names in my head. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I would start naming them, but if I do, I'll leave somebody out and then I'll feel like a jerk. So we're going to skip that and just know that we appreciate you all. Um, I do want to talk about some stuff related to our our actual topic. The content. we never told anybody what the Pierre Collins was. Oh, no, we didn't. I, Do you I have was a just, guess? I was assuming it was going to be something that had champagne in it. No, it has cognac. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a Tom Collins with cognac in it. Okay. Delicious. Listen, I love a little cognac. Um, there was also a thing that I wanted to mention because we talk about the origin of that Tom Collins hoax being attributed to a minstrel performer named Harrigan. Uh-huh. That is a confusing point because that paper that we read from mentions specifically that it is a Black performer. Okay. I could not find any evidence of a Black performer named Harrigan at that time that would have been well-known enough to have the kind of pull that he could have gotten every service person in New York City in on the joke. There was a performer named Harrigan who was white and I believe appeared in blackface as part Uh of his show. And that may be where the confusion is. But just in case you're ever like, wait, what is the scoop with that? Or you know enough about minstrel history that that raised a little question for you? There seems to be confusion on the part of that paper, um, is my guess. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I want to talk about, maybe my most coveted thing in the world right now. Okay. That 1929 book that we mentioned, Cocktail de Paris. Oh, yeah. Is very hard to get. Oh, yeah. Even a pretty beaten up copy is going to run you eight or $900. Oh, my goodness. Because I think there weren't very many and um, they just are not um, in in rapid supply. And the people that do have them are probably people that are really, really into cocktail and bar history and are not going to part with them. Right. Are there scans of it? Well, I found one. Okay. And it will be listed among our show notes for the show. And it is spectacular because this is, um, I'm trying to figure out where this is housed because I kind of stumbled upon just the active live page scan where you can flip through the whole thing. Oh, sure. 
And I will say this is one where you really want to flip through the whole thing because it's illustrated beautifully in, you know, this Art Deco style. They have a great page-turning noise that I don't normally love when things do that, but theirs is extra good. And you just see the layout because this was also, I presume, sponsored by a lot of spirit brands Mm -hmm. because there are things like, you know, um, hand-drawn ads for Cointreau and whatnot in it. And it's all quite beautiful. Um, And I'm obsessed with it. And I just like looking at, even if you don't speak French, you don't really need to. It is all in French, but like you can translate these recipes pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just a good insight into how like cocktail books were working at the time. And I love it and I covet it now. So um, I, I will be that weirdo who's searching for a a copy that magically does not cost $900. Sure. Um, but I love it. Mm. This is my new uh, white whale, perhaps, of books. Um, it's just, a, I don't know, I just love it. It's adorable. It has some little notations in it, this copy. I, I'm into it. I'm super into all of it. And uh, and it's also just a good record of what was going on in in Paris in the 1920s in terms of, like, it's party culture. So yeah. I'm, I'm in. I hope uh, if you go looking for this, you are as charmed by it as I am. Um, you know, this is also an interesting episode in that we don't often talk about alcohol on the show. Right. When we do, we try to talk about it historically. We don't advertise alcohol on the show. Sure. Um, so this was a little bit of a, a tricky one to figure out the right path. Um and hopefully it was enjoyable and fun and thinking about how how these things come to be rather than the idea of getting drunk. Please drink responsibly if you drink. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> will, will be fu- a fun ride for other people. I love this particular area of history. Um, I love talking about where cocktails come from and how they've changed and who invented them and... Uh, that most of them are, as you know, because we've talked about s- some of them on eponymous foods before. Um, it's contentious. There are people who really believe one version or another, and they will fight about it online. So tread carefully if you go <laughs> wandering into any discussions. But it is a super fun uh, space, and I really just I like how it traces human history through the ways we have, you know, uh, engaged in social scenarios or uh, tried to relax through. Um, the imbibing of of spirits or not. I still really love that Jerry Thomas has a temperance section. Yeah. And I'm going to call him temperance drinks going forward. (laughs) (laughs) When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We talked about the monastery at Montserrat a bit. Yeah, it's kind of... You did different stuff there than I did. I did totally different stuff there than you did. Yeah. You did the funicular, right? Yeah, we... (laughs) We, this was one of two funicular trips that we took uh, on our trip to Var- Barcelona. Took the funicular up to the top of... It's not the very top. You can climb farther up from there. But um, when you look at that funicular from the ground, <laughs> it looks terrifying. Like, it looks like a sheer vertical climb, which it does not feel that way, really, when you're on it. But yeah, we took the funicular. Uh, we walked around at the top. There's There are some, like, uh, pilgrimage paths up there um and we walked a bit and then we came back down and we were going to get lunch uh the restaurant seemed to be having some issues that day it looked like maybe they were having some kind of plumbing struggle so the restaurant was closed uh the i I don't think you were at the same restaurant that was there was also a cafeteria that had a very long line and so we made a meal out of things that were sold in this little, like, sort of tent market there where uh, people sold a number of uh, locally made things. So there's a a cheese that's kind of like a ricotta that's served with honey on it. I had some of that. Um, I had some candied almonds, and I had some of these little fig cakes. And there are names for all of these that I don't remember, and I did not look up before we came to record this. Called a circle of flavor. Yeah, that's what <laughs> described them. I loved our guide in Barcelona. She was amazing. Um, Unlike prior trips that we've done, we had the same guide with us for most of the things we did the whole time. There were a couple things that we had like a a guide that was like for, like we had a different... Right, Sagrada Familia has its own guide structure. So she couldn't be our guide in there. Yeah, so we had a different Sagrada Familia guide. um, And we had an audio tour at the Picasso Museum and not a like human guide guiding us, but she was with us the rest of the time and was great with some hilarious language 
difficulties is not even the right word. <laughs> like, Just things that translate a little bit differently than you would say them if you grew up speaking English as your first language. Exactly. Like her, yeah. her command of English is just fine. I don't want to make it sound like we're in any way like, oh. um, I don't speak Spanish that well, and I certainly don't speak Catalonian. Um, so she was amazing. But there were a couple times where it was like, this it's not quite how we would say that. <laughs> yeah. I would say we spent more time on the bus, like, talking about the English word for wingsuit because she told us a story about a, a wingsuit diver who had uh, famously done a dive at Montserrat and also at some point died doing a dive. But, like, the, she didn't know the word for wingsuit in English. I would say we spent more time on that conversation on the bus than we did clarifying the the statue conversation that you and I and a, I know at least a couple of other people in the group were all similarly intrigued by. Um, so, yes. Um, yeah, it was very, very fun. Uh, but yeah, I went, um, I went to the museum. Yes. Because they have a lot of um, signs for the museum, most of which tout that it has a Caravaggio, which it does. Uh-huh. But it only has the one, which is, right. again, I don't own a Caravaggio. No shade there. But, like, I feel like that undersells what that museum actually is because it's really quite an astonishing collection. Uh-huh. Um, because there have been so many people that are just, like, art collectors that have bequeathed their, their stuff there that, like, I mean, I was just agog. And so I was like, what is he? <laughs> Um, And while we were there, they also had a secondary exhibit that was going on that was some of the um, art posters of, like, the poster work of Picasso. Oh, okay. Which I will will confess up front. I had weird Picasso things on this trip. Okay. Because I just, you know, now that I know that he was a jerk, his art is a little ruined for me. All right. And so, like, the Picasso Museum, I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, I just, I was, I had a bad attitude about it. It was, like, not great. And so I didn't go look at the posters, but uh, my good friend Kristen did. But, um, again, that museum, though, is really, really beautiful, and the staff is super nice. Um, We just had a great time, and there were several of us from our little group that, that went there, and I really, really enjoyed walking around because it was, like, it's just, it's a beautiful setup. The flow of it is quite nice. Uh-huh. It's multiple floors. That John Singer Sergeant that they have is gorgeous. Yeah. There was a lot of art that I was not familiar with from artists, by artists that were from Spain, Barcelona and Catalonia in particular, um, uh-huh. that I, I am trying to figure out how to maybe do, hopefully, an episode about. But it's... It's tricky. I will tell you one of the things that I was really struck by in general on our trip, particularly in that museum, was that there is so much history to Spain and Catalonia that we don't ever get. No, we really don't. In English-speaking countries. Like, I don't know if it is, as we have both encountered doing research on episodes since we have come back, that, like, it's a little bit hard to grasp all of the nuances of the way things have played out because there are a lot of long, ongoing conflicts that aren't necessarily at fever pitch, but they just kind of simmer constantly in the background mm-hmm. um, that are a little bit hard to grasp, like, why yeah. something has or hasn't happened. And I don't know if that has made it harder for English language research 
or writing about it to happen. Yeah. I mean, I hope there's more, but it really was eye-opening in that regard where it was like, there is just so much about Spain and Catalonia that I did not know, had no grasp of, completely ignorant and blind to. Um, And one of those was how many amazing artists have been part of their tradition that haven't really, some of them you'll see their paintings in museums in other parts of Europe or the U.S., but not enough, in my opinion, because there's some really incredible art that I was not the least bit familiar with. Yeah, yeah. I So uh, one time years ago, I was at, I think it's just called the Philadelphia Art Museum. Big art museum in Philadelphia. <laughs> I have not Googled the name of it before coming in here to have this unscripted conversation. Uh, and there was some Spanish art that I saw in an exhibit there that I found so striking and I was so captivated by. And I was like, I want to do an episode on the person who made this art after I get back home from this trip to Philadelphia. And I similarly had uh, just no success finding resources in English about this person. Yeah. Um, Or even, for me, meaty enough resources that even if I managed to get them translated would really offer more than, like, six bullet points. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh yeah, I mean, very similar experiences regarding like that we are recording another episode in this recording session today that's gonna come out a little bit later that is literally inspired by the fact that I was reading the signage at the museum, a different museum, and was like, I'm clearly missing key context here. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> something that's so basic that like the person who wrote these signs did not think it needed to be explained. And yeah, it this more much more so than our trips to Italy or France. This trip really highlighted like big holes in Huge. what our yeah. education has focused on. I think agreed. Um, yeah, and I don't I don't know how how that gets fixed. I mean, uh, so, so more people need to be researching and writing about Spanish history and Catalonian <laughs> history. Uh, but that's easy to say, um, right? <laughs> Because I'm like, not me. I don't, I'll do what we can do here, but I I don't right, I right. don't have the the linguistic knowledge or base to be able to go a whole lot further. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, "Well, I had this career before, but it was a waste." And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste. That everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So there are some other interesting things about Montserrat we did not talk about in this episode. Mm-hmm. We mentioned briefly that um, it had a history before the finding of the Madonna and the building of that monastery. Like, the Romans had a temple to Venus there. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, walking around up there, that makes all the sense on Earth. Mm-hmm. That it would be a temple to a Roman god because it is... As I said at the top of that episode, you feel like you're on the top of the world. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the the view is so vast. Um, and it's just very striking. But here's the one that really got me. And I couldn't find verification of this, but it makes some sense knowing what we already do know about um, this particular chunk of history. And it lines up, which is that we know for a fact that Himmler visited Montserrat when Franco was in power. Mm-hmm. The part that is not verifiable is that he is rumored to have been looking for holy relics for the Third Reich, particularly the Holy Grail. Okay. We don't know. Uh, that's one of those things that pops up on, like, you know, um, underground Montserrat websites. Like, <laughs> like, is the Holy Grail really on Montserrat? So we, we know that Hitler, in particular, was very fascinated by biblical relics and he kind of was thinking he would use them as like some sort of retroactive proof of divine provenance of the Third Mm -hmm. Reich. And so this was presumably, if they were looking for the Holy Grail there, hoping they would find another uh, significant religious relic, it would presumably be in service of that goal. But Mm -hmm. uh, it also just is like, yeah, I don't yeah. Nazis. Yeah. Um, I have the Indiana Jones theme in my head now. Of course. I always do, just as a rule of thumb. <laughs> um, we didn't get into it because, again, I couldn't find a, a... I didn't have a lot of time to go down this particular side street, but 
um, that secret police officer who was murdered, Manzanas, uh, was also, um, if not a collaborator, at least sympathetic to and friends with Nazis. Mm-hmm. So the, um, that, too, is another element of of nuance in that whole case with the ETA, which is, I, I kept finding myself as I was writing that section, I'm like, I really, we have to set up why this is all happening, but am I talking too much about <laughs> this weird crime and murder case and this terrorist organization, but without any of that context, that sit-in makes no sense. Right, right, right. Um, and I had even told you before we started recording the episode that I was like, you know, this is this sit-in is kind of blipped through on lists of things that have happened at at Montserrat, like it'll get mentioned, but not necessarily. And I think part of it is that it's hard to talk about it without going really into a a good bit of detail about like the the timeline and the the process that played out there. Sure, but it is also very fascinating to read. In this case, we do have accounts in English. Um, some of the news reporting from that time, because that was you know 1970, from. American and British journalists who are like, what the heck is going on here? Like, this is messed up. Um, and recognizing that, they're, like, wait, this woman is here and she's on trial, but there's no actual charge. That, As we said in the episode, that did not go the way Franco had anticipated. Right. Uh, he thought they were going to be like, yes, you will see my power. And it was like, what we see is not what you want us to see. Right. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, Montserrat really, really struck me. I loved. Here is another thing I loved. You know, we were there in uh, the Basilica, and it was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, I am often very struck by religious art. I just think most of it is so incredibly beautiful uh, because there's so much sort of pressure on it from the beginning to be that beautiful because it has to be worthy of Mm-hmm, its mm-hmm. location and whatnot. But what I really, really loved, particularly about that basilica, was that they have a lot of art within the basilica that is more like museum pieces that are not necessarily what you would think of. Like, some of them are very modern. Some of them are, it just was very, like, the little side chapels off of the, oh, yeah. the main area where you would get, I don't know how many of those you popped into, but, like, several of them kind of had their own I don't know if you would um, call it a vibe, their decor convention, where it'd be mm-hmm. like, this one is the very modern minimalist chapel. This one is the very Rococo-looking chapel. Like, it was just all really, really astonishingly cool. Um, and just images that I, like I said, I had never seen. I was blown away by the art. Blown away. Let's go back. <laughs> I'll get on a plane tonight. Um was Montserrat. I sure liked it. Yeah. It was lovely. I sure liked it. Um waiting on my waiting on my cava to arrive. We <laughs> Oh yeah. We went to a vineyard where they make cava, which is in the sloppiest way I can put it, uh, a sparkling wine that some people would probably compare to like their version of champagne or prosecco. Sure. Um it, there's certainly more nuance to it. But um I ordered so much on the way out of there and it hasn't come yet, so I'm waiting. I'm anticipating, hoping. Yeah. For my cases of Kavadik. <laughs> when we left that lovely little tasting that we had, um, I thought our departure was imminent. So I got on the bus 
And then I was on the bus for a while because people yeah. were ordering a lot of kava, and I wound up having to get off the bus and go pee again before we left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ordered a lot of kava. Um, I hope it comes here. I literally just held up the thing and was like, dose, 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 down the list. There are mm-hmm. cases, cases of kava. Um, I can't wait. All right. Uh, We hope that if you are about to have a couple days off as we head into this weekend, that you can enjoy kava or whatever beverage, alcoholic or not, is suitable for you and your tastes and your age. Please don't Please don't drink if you're underage, and please drink responsibly. (laughs) Uh, If you do not have time off, we hope that you still manage to get a little relaxation and just some me time and take some deep breaths and and find some peace in your your little part of the world. We will be right back here tomorrow with a classic episode, and then on Monday, you'll have another brand new one. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.